throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared Joe and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. We are back. Throwing jabs, part of the CMG Sports Network. I'm Joe McGuire along with Jared Jones. And before we start talking fights, and uh, it's all UFC, uh, a recap of 284 and a preview of USC Vegas 69 and our Who You Got. We'll also talk about the top 10 pound for pound list in the UFC. Some interesting choices because a couple of guys who beat guys are behind those guys. And, you know, I hate that, Jared. I hate when there's a poll and someone who beat somebody gets put ahead of that person. But before we even get into that, uh, show's been on a little bit of a hiatus, but it's not like we haven't been doing things. I nearly died, uh, and you gave birth to... That gymnasium that's right behind you. Let's talk about the grand opening of Scrub Scraps, Jared. Oh, one of the more beautiful days of my life. Um, the outpouring of support for this thing from from both the people that have supported it all along the way and kind of been there from 2004, some of them, and uh, the people who are just just noticing it now. It's been a, it's been a wild ride. I've always said it would have to be a documentary and not a movie, because if it was a movie, you would never believe the steps that that got us here. Well, I got to tell you, uh, the building is perfect. Uh, 1155 Main Street in Coventry. If you're in the area, head over there. If you're not in the area, make plans to head that way. Absolutely. We'll be here. Yeah, tell him uh, a little bit about like what's being offered because I, you know, I was amazed and and uh, a friend of mine came to the grand opening and uh, you know it's funny because it's grand opening and though you cut the you cut the tape and and all that, uh, Coventry has obviously got a budget on ribbon because you don't really cut the ribbon, uh, as we learned. But I mean, you literally had people showing up at the grand opening like, hey, take some money here, I want to do this. Talk about the programs that you guys offer and kind of just the, the idea of what Scrub Scraps has to offer. Um, I, I, I believe that if you're looking for a gym to train in to be a world champion boxer, um, this is one of the lesser gyms in the state. There are worse you could go to, but uh, there's also better if that's, if that's your goal. But if you want to win at life, this is, this is the greatest boxing gym in the country. Um, we've got exemptions from USA Boxing. We've got our 501 from the IRS. And I believe that between my office, where I can do conventional therapy, I sit down and do talk therapy. I offer hour sessions that are just that. Um, and some people, that's their greatest way to grow. Um, and other people, I can bring them over here 
and do that form of therapy. Now, I actually had somebody tell me um, not too long ago, adolescent, faced a lot of trauma and did, a did one round of sparring and said that I felt as vulnerable during that round as I have since my trauma. I put myself in a position where you really could hurt me. And then you did it. You instead used that vulnerability to teach me how to react when I'm uncomfortable. And I trust you all the years, all the therapists, all the words, and I've never trusted any of them. Two minutes and I trust you. So I'm able to dive in and kind of reach people with boxing that I can't reach with conventional therapy. And uh, vice versa, you know, some people need more of one, some people need none of the, uh, a lot of the other. Some people like to talk, we can do it over there. Some people like to listen, we can do it over there. And um, it really gives me the ability to cater the treatment to the individual, which I think is really important. A lot of psychiatrists will go in and they've got their EMDR or their ART or this different form of therapy that they're trying to make applicable to every every traveler and that just doesn't work that just doesn't work some of some of the travelers come in here and they just need to box and there's not much talking going on at all in the beginning and others just the boxing is more to just stretch out and and be in shape and uh they want to talk more so i think that's important as a psychologist to be able to cater your treatment and um this is <laughs> Uh, there's not a lot of people who could walk in and I'd go, oh, I'm not sure I can help, you know, right. bullies, victims, depressed, addicts, anxious, overeater, whatever. We've got all of the treatments here for all of those things. Uh, one of the other coolest things I think I saw uh, on, on the day uh, Scrub Scraps officially opened was um, I was on the speed bag. And uh, literally knocked it off of. I, I, I broke it. I mean, that is that's got to be some kind of hand speed, Jared. Oh, geez, too much power. <laughs> too much power. Speed bags of finestral. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, congratulations again. Eleven fifty-five Main Street in Coventry. And you can visit scrubscraps.org. Uh, right across the bottom of the screen, you can see that to learn more about the programs that are offered at Scrub Scraps. But again, congratulations! Excited to get that going. Um, and and I didn't know we we could do, we if I knew we were gonna do it from there, I would I could have been there. Oh yeah, what well, we got next week? We Let's, got every Saturday from now until forever. Hell bro. yeah, dude! Let's do it. That is amazing. I did not I did not know you were gonna be there. Uh, but I am very excited about it. All right, let's get into some fighting now. Uh, there was a pretty big one. Islam Mahakev and Alexander Volkanovsky uh, at UFC 284 in Australia. It was a very pro-Volk crowd. The judges, on the other hand, Jared, were uh, pro-Islam yeah. Mahakev. 49-46, uh, 48-47, 48-47. A really good fight. Uh, Volk's stock has obviously gone up. We'll talk about the top five pound for pound where uh, Mahakev, despite the win, still is not the number one pound for pound guy. The guy he just beat uh, gets to keep that rank. Now, the question also remains, do, do these guys run it back? Or uh, the co-main event was Emmett and, and Rodriguez. Rodriguez put on an extraordinary performance. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
uh, you know, that's another fight for Volk. Is is does he go after Rodriguez? Maybe the only guy uh, in the top ten. I think he hasn't beaten yet. Uh, so interesting all around. What did you think of the fight? Did you think uh, Islam did enough to win it? I hate saying yes. I know. <laughs> I really just don't want to say yes. Um, I want to credit the guy who wants to fight. You know, hey, let's go right back to scrub scraps because that's what I always do. Um, I, I, when, when we do our events at scrub scraps, the people that show up, the people that are training, the people that are there all the time, attendance matters. We give you good matchup. We put you higher up on the card. Attendance matters. You know, if you're at a conventional boxing gym and you're the great one, then you skip Fridays, the kid that's there every Friday, the kid whose attendance is better doesn't matter when he stands next to the kid who's boxing is better. You know, so attendance should matter. Desire should matter. Wanting to fight and wanting to win the fight, a la Volkanovsky. I want to credit that, but I can't. He lost the fight. He lost the fight. 48-47 is a good card. Um, and that's giving him the round where a guy was on his back threatening submissions most of the time. And he was doing little, you're just, you're crediting those little hammer fists and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's tough. I, I hear people that say they thought Volkanovsky won, but I also think it's a bit of, a, um, you're voting with your heart there. You watch the fight. Makashev won. I think it's also hard to watch a fight like that in Australia where the crowd is chanting for Volkanovsky throughout anytime he does anything that even remotely looked like it could do. I mean, the crowd went nuts. And so yeah. I think you certainly, I think if you're watching that, cause I love Volkanovsky, you know, uh, uh, you know, I've been on this guy for a couple of years. I long before he was pound for pound. I thought this guy's the pound for pound best. I like Islam Mahakev. Uh, I'm, I'm pro the whole Khabib camp. You know, uh, those old Dagestani, they're, they're good. They're really good at what they do. I wanted Volkanovski to win. I wasn't sure Volkanovski, I didn't think he was going to go five rounds. I will say that. I, I'm, I'm, again, I think it just goes to prove how good Alexander the Great is. There's a reason they call him that. There's a reason he's dominated that division for as long as he has beaten Anybody who's anybody and decided to move up, I thought that was a, a gutsy move. The height was a concern, didn't play out into the fight at all. Very evenly matched these two. Do you want to see them run it back, or are we getting too used to that now in this sport where it's like, that was close, run it back, and then if it's close again, we'll run it back another time? I'm, I am the uh, styles make fights, and I want to see exciting fights guy. Hey, let's go right back to Scrub Scrap. See, the beauty is I can make matchups that are entertaining that aren't at the top of the game. This is a matchup at the top of the game, but it wasn't as entertaining as it could have been. There were people on the undercard, much more entertaining fights. Right? But they... <laughs> so no, you don't rematch this. No, it wasn't a great fight. Do you want people watching boring fights? How long is it before we realize that it's not the skill level of the fighter that entertains us, but the matchup itself? Right. 
<laughs> this guy's good. So, so you don't want to match those two again because you're losing the marketing value of your of the UFC. You're losing. You're like deteriorating your brand with a matchup that wasn't as entertaining as it could be. There's better fights for both of these guys. And I like, I kind of like Volk at the top of the pound for pound. This was a 200 plus pound rugby player. His bone density is different than the other guys his size. He has a, he has an outlandish advantage versus most of them. And you would have expected Makshev to be more dominant. But no, I don't want to see a rematch. I think there's better guys for both of them to fight next. And that wasn't the most exciting fight you wouldn't rather see volk walk through the the four five and six guys in that weight class before he rematches i would <laughs> yeah that's entertaining well speaking of let's talk about this fight uh yaya rodriguez defeated josh emmett by triangle choke at 419 in the second round i i thought a great performance from rodriguez he takes home the interim featherweight championship uh, great striking, the kicks to the midsection, uh, just picking them apart from distance. This was, you know, look, Rodriguez has been kind of the up-and-coming guy in that division. I think if there was any reason for Volk not to move up to fight Islam Mahakhev, I think Rodriguez was the guy in the go-out-there against Emmett. I think he showed... Uh, plain and simple, that uh, he's worthy of a title shot. And now that he's got an interim belt, that's great for the UFC. Got to unify this bad boy now. So it seems like that this probably is the better fight. And I think it's one that Volkanovski has, um, I don't want to say an easy time with, but I think, I think like with Max Holloway, I think like with Brian Ortega, I think this is... These are guys he can beat on, on any given day. They're going to give him a great matchup, no doubt about it. But, you know, he he's head and shoulders above those guys. Again, the only one I think being close is Max Holloway, who he's beaten twice. And, again, I say this as someone who loves Max Holloway. I know a lot of people are like, oh, the second fight. No, he lost both of them. Trust me. Uh, yeah. I'd like it to be different, but it's not. And Volkanovski continues to steamroll guys in that division. I I would like to see him and Rodriguez be next. I do think that makes more sense. I think it would be uh, a really great fight, one I expect Volkanovski would win. Um, boy, Josh Emmett had a great opportunity here too, by the way. And I hate oh, to yeah. say it, but he blew it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing I'm not huge on for Rodriguez is his activity. He had the eye poke 15 seconds in. So if you remove that, there's been five fights in his career since he beat BJ Penn. So that's how inactive this guy is. Is five fights ago, he beat BJ Penn. Five fights ago... BJ Penn. Doesn't that feel like BJ Penn was about a decade ago? Okay. Yes. Anyways, last fight yes. was 2017. This guy fought literally once a year. The rematch with Jervy Stevens to after the eye poke a month later was um was uh both in the same year. Otherwise, it's just once per year since 2016 is the last time he fought twice in a year. Never fought three times in a year. He's just not very active. 
So I look at the record and where I should, yeah, attendance matters. Attendance matters. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think Volk, I think Volk has his way with this guy. He's not, he doesn't have that explosive, dynamic, Charles Oliveira type stuff to where he's going to find a way to win. I think, I think Volk has his way with this guy. But that's the fight I want to see. Much more than a rematch. Absolutely. Give him the iron. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm with you there. I like that. All right, uh, so those were the big fights. Now, uh, we've alluded to it a couple of times. We might as well just get at it. The UFC's updated its top 10 pound-for-pound pound list. I'm going to run through the list, and I'm going to point out there's just a couple of places where I'm uncomfortable where people are positioned. <laughs> I guess we'll go backwards. We'll go from 10 to 1. That's I guess that's the way you should do a top 10 list. So number Can 10. Can we go from 9 to 1? We should. You, I know you'd like to get <laughs> right over. No, and again, listen, I think there's some argument to be made here that how is John Jones? Attendance been, matters. Attendance matters is ranked at number 10. <laughs> Somehow ahead of the guy, number nine, Brendan Moreno, who, who has fought uh, uh, Davey Figueredo, uh, Christ, three times in like the past 18 months. John Jones hasn't done anything in 18 months. Uh, that's kind of a slap in the face. He might have served 18 months. I don't. <laughs> I'm not with uh, who. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a crazy thing. There's, I mean, my God, there's so many great fighters in the UFC that are fighting week in. And See, week well, out. and that's the issue I have. You're gonna have go ahead and have Mahashev rematch Volkanovski when it wasn't a very exciting fight. And deteriorate your branding and deteriorate the UFC and, and make your marketing harder. And then for marketing and branding purposes, you're going to leave John Jones at number 10. Like you're contradicting yourself. This is yeah. getting silly. UFC is getting closer and closer to boxing as far as we go. We might be fixing them both before we're all said and done here. Might have to. Coming in at number eight, <laughs> Charles DeBronx Olivera. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, uh, Aljamain Sterling. Number six, Alex Pereira. And right ahead of him at number five, the guy he just beat for that belt, Israel Adesanya. I like that. They actually You've fought. I've never been a fan of those. They fought. And number six beat number five. How, how can anybody look me in the eyes and be like, ah, he's better. Well, and if we're going to do that, that number eight is far too low. If we're playing that game where it's okay to lose one, then Charles Oliveira could be three on this list. No problem for me. Under Still underneath the guy he lost to. Yes. But higher than he is. I agree. Um, that is great. Number four. Also, that said, hang on one second before you move on. That said, Chris Weidman is not going over Anderson Silva on anybody's list. Tiafimo Lopez is not going over Loma on any of these lists. So for th some of these in particular, because of the weight class, that's why we do pound for pound. So that, uh. You know, Loma's going to be on the pound-for-pound pound list ahead of Tiafimo Lopez, even though he lost to him because he's a little bit smaller, and I'm comfortable yep. with that. 
So, again, I look at Adesanya and Pereira. Uh, again, we know as long as these guys have been in each other's orbit, Pereira has been the better fighter. Uh, not necessarily in the UFC, but he's been great since he's been in the UFC, and then he beat Adesanya. I just... That seems like a no-brainer to me. It really does. These guys, I cannot believe. And I thought when I first saw, the first time I saw the the old highlight, the grainy SD highlight of Pereira knocking out um, Adesanya, I thought, this reminds me of something. Like, and it has followed that. It's followed the exact same timeline. Whatever this is, I know it's going to be really interesting. And I'm very excited for it. So this guy here played the role of Alex Pereira. And this guy here played the role of Adesanya. See, when Roy Jones Jr., was younger, he lost to a guy named Antonio Tarver, who then he ducked his whole pro career. Maybe not ducked, but the guy just wasn't on the level. He didn't bring the money. He didn't bring the fanfare. He didn't have the other stuff. Um, and I remember when the ref brought him in the center of the ring, he said, do you have any questions? And Roy said, no. He said to Tarver, do you have any questions? Got any excuses now, Roy? <laughs> And beat him, and his career went, I mean, if this follows the same trajectory now, we yeah. will have heard our last of Adesanya in another year or two here. He will struggle to, and how could you not struggle to get back to where you were? I don't think Pereira is the guy. Tarver isn't on anybody's all-time pound-for-pound list. Roy still is. Um, I just think it's the guy that beats the guy. He's got your number. If you had been able to steer clear of that guy, it would have changed your whole trajectory or your career twice over now. And you fight him again, you'll lose again. Like, don't get your head, head caught in the idea that you have to beat that guy because you'll beat everybody else on that list. That he'll lose to. Yep. I remember when uh, Jorge Masvidal lost for a second time to the number four guy in this list, Kamra Usman. And he said, it's got my number. That's the guy for we, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could keep fighting. I don't think it's going to get any better. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> to be able to admit that, I think, uh, you know, it, that's a smart fighter. That's where it's like, yeah, this guy's can't do it. Yeah. Yep. Um, as I mentioned, Kamra Usman, number four, Leon Edwards. Placed right there at the old three spot. Makes sense. Number two, Islam Mahakev. And number one, the guy he just beat, <laughs> Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. I would say, you know, Jared, like you just said, and I would say today, I'm comfortable with Volk being ahead of Islam right now. Because I don't think Islam Mahakev has had the career um it's not quite quite silva wideman but it's like oh this guy's got a ways to go it was a close fight i think but for a lot of people you know i know people think volk won the fight and that's fine 
uh, I can, I guess, if that be the case, you could sort of understand why he remains. Uh, and again, as you said, having moved up and wait, he's still the guy. Well, yeah, Loma Lopez. I see here where right after the fight, you're like, yeah, Loma pound for pound still. He lost to the guy. He lost his last fight. You've got him number one pound for pound. So while that doesn't make sense. Uh, then, you know, the biggest problem I have with this list isn't Volkanovsky or Makhachev. It's Charles Oliveira. If we're going to play that game, why can't Oliveira be three? You don't think Oliveira pound for pound better than Leon Edwards? Better than Alex Pereira? Charles Oliveira isn't better than Alex Pereira? Take them off the list. Take them out of there and just stand them next to each other. And you're telling me Charles Oliveira eight, Alex Pereira six. That doesn't make any sense. I don't mind Izzy. I don't mind Kamara. Like you said, uh, Makashev and Pereira especially, you've got some more work to do before you make it on this list. And John Jones, you have any work to do before you get on this list. I'm saying these guys have a little more to show us, and you haven't shown us anything. So, so nine through one, <laughs> Oliveira's a little low. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't think you and I are too far off on 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 this particular list. Uh, the women's game, I I, don't, I think is is been pretty solid. I didn't do the women's list for today, but I feel like they they've got it they've got it pretty much done right. And it seems to me in the women's game, uh, it's rare uh, to see somebody beat somebody ahead of them on that list. That seems to like not be a thing. So mm. a little more predictable. That said, yeah, yeah, uh, there is a pretty, uh, there is a, a paper, not pay-per-view. There's a, uh, a fight night this weekend, UFC Vegas 69, Jessica Andrade and Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, Blanchfield was going to be fighting Talia Santos. Jessica Andrade jumped in on this a week ago. She comes in at 24 and nine. I mean, a gamer, a former champion and Blanchfield has done well in her career. I'll say this. She's definitely a top prospect. I don't know if she's ready for Jessica Andrade. I, it I just sure doesn't think it sure doesn't seem so to me. Ah, dude, that's tough. Um, because you've done all you've done all right, you know, but I'm not looking at Molly McCann and JJ Aldrich as the top of the game. They're, right. Those are gatekeeper types, maybe. Uh, Maverick's a good win. Alpar, it's just not in here, honestly. Split decision loss to Cortez at Invicta. Um, yeah, this is a good record, but I think it was more um, your your ten and one. Uh, I don't want to say you were feeding her to Santos, but from a marketing standpoint, you were feeding her to Santos. Yeah. Um, and now you have a main event where neither girl really looks like they're in that step to make a. Yeah, neither neither, uh, neither one of these women really feel like top of the game to me. They're fighting to see who can become a gate, gatekeeper. Yeah. Well, and this is why this isn't a pay-per-view. Right. 
Andrade uh, on a three-fight win streak, having beat uh, Cynthia Covillo, Amanda Lemos, and Lauren Murphy. And Lauren Murphy hasn't quite looked the same since the beatdown to Shevchenko. Yes. I will say that. Um, the last loss Andrade had was to Shevchenko. It was a three-loss-in-four-fight situation for Andrade. He lost to Zhang Li to Rose Namajunas. Uh, beat Caitlin Chikagian and then lost to Valentina. And if you go through at the, the 24 and nine mark for Andrade's career, I just mentioned some of the losses, Joanna Jin Jacek, Raquel Pennington, Marion Renault, Liz Carmucci, Jennifer Maya. She has lost who's who? to the who's who of women's UFC. My goodness. And again, has the championship, uh, you know, She's this is a great fighter, and I, I definitely have the feeling that Blanchfield could end up being a, in a little over her head on this one. And yeah. um, as I look at the rest of this card for tonight, which, by the way, has Ovin St. Prue in the prelims. And sometimes I say that and you're like, oh, must be a stack card. No, that's how bad Ovin St. Prue is. This yeah, card yeah. is not great tonight at all. Clayton Carpenter, keep an eye on. But my question for you, Joe, <laughs> when you say you think maybe she's a little bit out of her, who is the best opponent of Blanchfield's career? Is that J.J. Aldridge? Probably. Maybe. Molly McCann? Maybe. Okay. Right. Uh, do it, those... it, either or, yeah. Okay, do those girls lose to Raquel Pennington? Probably. Marion Renault? Probably. Liz Carmouche? Probably. Jennifer Maya? Probably. Angela Hill? Yen Jacek? Cla Claudia? Claudia Judgment Gilday? Tisha Torres? All of these girls? Rose? Zhang? All of these girls beat both of those girls. Shevchenko? Cavallo? Limos? I'm taking any one of those over both of her best wins. So win, lose, or draws in there for Andrade. She's got every single person on her list beats every person on your list. This isn't, it's just, it just doesn't look like a good matchup. That said, Blanchfield catapults herself into that conversation should she beat Andrade. Yeah, I don't think can, can you can you not put her there? Yeah, I mean Andrade is the clear gatekeeper, so you make it through the gate if you beat her, and I don't think she does. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think I think if she's fighting Talia Santos, it's a much different. I think it's a real challenge. It would be a difficult thing to do. I think she could have done that. I think it would have put her in line for a about probably with Shevchenko. Which not doing the girl any favors here. I do think that that this with with Jessica Andrade uh, again, who is somebody even even getting Jessica Andrade on a week notice. I think that that is difficult. I think that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, just She's stylistically, solid. oh yeah. yeah. I mean, my goodness, and and you know, look in in the women's game, there are there are not a lot of. I shouldn't say that. That's that's not right. But there are people who can put you out with one punch. Jessica Andrade is definitely somebody uh, top of my mind who can do that. 
Oh, and yeah. so you're right. You're you're really putting yourself. Uh, yeah, she had nine knockouts in her career. I think that's as if Blandfield didn't have enough things to worry about in this fight. Um, you know, a fight with Santos was going to be tough. I again, I just think this makes it so much more difficult for her. Oh yeah, this is this is this is a tougher fight because of how well rounded Andrade is. That said. Santos is fierce and may have stopped her earlier. But uh, probably stylistically, ah, those are both tough fights. I can't take Blanchfield either one of those. Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, not, not a great scenario uh, any which way you, you fry it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, boxing's been in a little bit of a lull. Not much going on. Um. Still waiting for this Crawford Spence thing to happen. Starting to think that that's a just not gonna. Yeah, I hate to say it, uh, but but that's where we are. Uh, so enjoy the fights tonight, I guess, uh, as best you can. I don't I don't even know what that means. Um, that said, let's end this show the way we end this show, Jared. Why don't, you, why don't you break them off some of that floor? The victim's power. I've been talking a lot about victim and victims and bullies with some of the travelers that have come through the program so far. And I think it's important to understand that uh, we do things that are rewarding for us as human beings. I talk a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how you can tell kind of motivations by what somebody's striving for, by what needs are met and what needs um, aren't met. So the needs that are met for a bully when they bully is it's rewarding for them. So they keep doing it and it's rewarding because it makes them feel powerful. And it makes them feel powerful because the victim is afraid. So the victim's afraid. It makes them feel powerful. That makes it rewarding. So for the victim, you take away your fear, you take away their power. It isn't rewarding for them anymore and they go away. Remove your fear, remove their power. Thanks guys. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man, punching in. With a punch's chance, we find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape, never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs